This is Knesset Corner with Rabbi Dov Lippman. I'm Scott Kahn. Rabbi Lippman, Donald Trump, President of the United States, is in town. And it has been interesting so far, 24 hours after he landed. It's definitely been interesting. I would say the following, for me, and I'm not getting into American politics, I'm not getting into pro-President Trump, anti-President Trump, to see a sitting American president, whoever it is, whoever the personality is, just the position, praying at the Kotel, at the Western Wall, it touched me. And I think it has to touch anybody. I, I, right-wing, left-wing, Republican, Democrat, uh, pro-Trump, anti-Trump, there is something meaningful about that. So from my perspective, that moment was the highlight, uh, just in terms of seeing some level of recognition of the fact that this is a place which is significant to the Jewish people. Uh, this is a place which is worthwhile for the president to go to. That in and of itself for me, you know, put aside all politics, all the positives, negatives of the trip, uh, that was a very meaningful moment for sure. And I would say the most meaningful uh, moment of the trip so far. And no sitting president has ever gone to the Kotel as he was president. They've gone before and after, but not while they were president. Correct. Even presidents that were all, again, very pro-Israel. I'm not in any way uh, putting down those presidents. They always saw it as something controversial because this is an area which is East Jerusalem, which is in discussion in terms of uh, who has ownership and who has rights to it. So there was an absolutely strong statement made by the president being there. And, and, and for that, I think we could all be very proud. And that's certainly uh, for me, you know, speeches are speeches and, and sound bites are sound bites, but that was an image uh, which, which, which speaks larger than anything else that anybody could say. I remember back in 94 when Hillary Clinton went to the Kotel, but Bill Clinton did not go to the Kotel for that reason exactly. Exactly. And President Clinton was not an anti-Israel president. He was, he was, he was wonderful for Israel. He was a good president for Israel, but they didn't want to take that step. So I think history takes time to unfold and there's a process which is going on. And the recognition of Jerusalem as the eternal capital of the people of Israel is something which is taking time to play out. But this was certainly... They still wouldn't say a, it explicitly. They would not say it explicitly, but this was a, a step uh, in, the, in the right direction. And the fact that this is his first presidential trip, the second foreign country he's visited as president, also is probably something that matters a lot. For sure. I think that, uh, going back to President Obama for a moment, I, I think there was a tactical mistake that was made in him going to Cairo and not coming to Israel right afterwards. Meaning you want to try to show balance. You want to try to show that you're a, 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 a honest broker, so to speak. And I think that, that the, the, the way that President Trump is going about this trip uh, definitely demonstrates that balance. Now, it hasn't been all peaches and cream. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I sat here watching uh, the, this arrival ceremony. And I'm watching him meet the ministers, and I thought it was actually very nice. And again, remember, I'm in the opposition. Uh, there's no member of Yeshatid there. It's, it, it, this is the Israeli government, and it's a moment where they're representing all of Israel. And I, I really felt uh, that it was really nice to see that. I thought it was particularly moving to see President Rivlin's wife there, you know, with, with her health issues and, and not hiding it very open uh, with, with tubes that are needed for her to breathe properly. That, that's a side of Israel which I'm so proud of, that we don't need to have anything to hide in terms of who we are. Uh, and I'm watching it happen, and I'm watching ministers, again, like I said, ministers who I can disagree with about a lot of things, but they're all shaking hands, they're making their points, very nice. And then I saw a member of Knesset Chazan standing there, and I want to explain to everyone who's listening, there's a very strict protocol when it comes to many things. When I was a member of Knesset, there are events that are for ministers only, and that's totally understandable, and ministers only means ministers only. There's 120 members of Knesset. Uh, none of them were there, uh, or let's say 100 outside of the government. None of them were there because that wasn't their place. How a member of Knesset got through 
the Israeli security and the American security to be standing in that line is something which I will never understand how that happened. That's number one. How someone... Fine, he decided he wanted to take a selfie with the president, but, but the prime minister tells you not to. You see the prime minister saying not to, and the prime minister is in an impossible situation because he doesn't want to make a whole— uh, It's on live television. It's on live television around the world, so he sort of—I uh, think the prime minister dealt with it the best possible way. I was watching was, it on MSNBC as it was happening. So there you go. The prime minister tries to stop him, and you still do it anyway. The president doesn't know what he's supposed to do because he doesn't want to have a fiasco either. It was an embarrassment uh, for the state of Israel, and I think that— I'm going to say something a little bit harsh right now, uh, two things. One is, for all those who talk about the primary system to determine members of Knesset and are against parties where the leader decides, hopefully based on abilities and, and dignity of the person, and this is a result of primaries. You have, an, you have Orin Chazan as a member of Knesset embarrassing the state of Israel. That's number one. But number two, when people go to vote next time, okay, a warning to everyone listening, and now I am being political, look at the list, because Orin Chazan is going to be on the Likud list. He's popular. There's a certain uh, uh, group of population which loves what he did yesterday, loves everything he's doing. And when you put Likud in the ballot box, you are voting for him to be a member of Knesset. So keep that in mind while you're looking at this embarrassment to the state and while we're thinking about how could this have happened, People have to vote for a person like that to be in Knesset and think about that when the next elections come. How could he have gotten through the Shabak? How could he have gotten through the American security services? Seriously, that's, we're talking about one of the most secure places on earth yesterday. Yeah, I want to tell you, I, there are times that I, I've tried to go somewhere, not, not trying to take advantage, but I thought that I could go somewhere as a member of Knesset. You show them your Knesset card, and Israeli policemen will tell you, I'm sorry, you can't come here right now. Just the other day, in Yom HaZikaron in Beit Shemesh, Okay, Beit Shemesh. Uh, there was a Yom Hazikaron ceremony in Beit Shemesh, and I was allowed to park in a certain place as a, as a former member of Knesset. Fine, I parked there, and I start walking to the ceremony, and a Beit Shemesh policeman says, I'm sorry, you can't walk here. It's just for the mayor and for the minister that's coming. And of course I respected that. I, I wasn't trying to, and you walk around, but a Beit Shemesh policeman tells you, you listen. How, I, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand uh, how it happened. And it's a shame that that becomes a story. You, you want to be able to showcase the greatness of Israel, the dignity of Israel. And I, I don't remember any stories coming out of Saudi Arabia of any kind of mistakes and, and things that embarrass Saudi Arabia. Everything was positive. And that's what you want when you have the eyes of the world on you. You just want it to be positive. And, and sadly, the story, and the story is being reported as a Israeli minister, is, it just makes us look uh, bad in the public light. And, and we are not a country that can afford to have those kinds of mistakes. On the other hand, a country like Saudi Arabia is so tightly controlled, even though from a PR perspective, it looks great that I saw one person from Trump's team or one person who was a reporter who was on board said, look, not a single demonstration against what's going on. It's like, well, that's what happens when you have okay, that's that a kind very, of government. It's a very fair point. And I will, I will say I'm proud to live in a country where the member of Knesset who took the selfie with the president is still alive today. And, and, exactly. And you're correct. That would not have happened uh, in, in other places. So that's something we can be proud of. But, but uh, in all seriousness— It doesn't change the PR fiasco. It change the fiasco. And, and you just—again, these are the kinds of things where you, you just hope that everyone would rise to the occasion. It didn't happen. But uh, again, the, the images around the world, the headlines were the president at the Kotel. And that's a, you know, this is a this is story two. So let's remember the, 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 the positive of what happened and what's happening with the visit. How about the open mic issues? 
it's an amazing thing. When, the, when they're greeting the president, uh, I don't know, do they not know that everyone can listen to everything uh, that they're saying? Uh, but there were some things that were said that were just not, uh, again, these are not going to be international fiascos, but internally here, just to see the conversation, uh, to see a, uh, a, a first lady in Israel say, oh, we're just like you, the media hates us, but the people love us. Things that are just not, you know, we say in Hebrew, lo naim, it's just not... This is not what we need to hear in these conversations. Uh, you know, you wish, again, like I said, this is an opportunity to showcase uh, Israel, and let's just see all the positive. We have so much positive uh, to offer, and it's sad that there has to be any uh, negative mixed in. Yesterday was about symbolism in many ways. Visiting the Kotel, coming to Israel at all, sitting with the president. Today, President Trump is visiting Palestinian President Abbas, so maybe something more substantive will happen today. It could be good or bad for Israel. What do you think? There's no doubt that um, the president, I mean, he said it over and over again. He said it way back, and he said it in the last few days as well, that he wants a deal to be made between Israel and Palestinians. Those are words that are scary words to the Israeli ear, uh, because what does that mean in terms of what kind of pressures uh, will be put on Israel to make concessions that we don't want to make? That's part one, and I'm speaking just as an Israeli citizen. What, what, what corners will we be put into in order for this to happen? That's part one. Part two, on a political level... This is not a coalition where the prime minister can go too far on the Palestinian front. So at a certain point, does all the friendliness that that absolutely exists, you cannot deny it. Uh, There's a camaraderie between the president and the prime minister. There is a clear, open friendship between Israel and the United States. Is there a point where that's going to come to a clash and that begins to fall apart because Israel cannot uh, do the things that it's being asked to do? That'll be very interesting to see how it plays out. I wrote a column today in Jerusalem Post where I, I called on the president to, you know, he spoke about good and evil in Saudi Arabia, the, the, the parties of good, the parties of evil. The Palestinian Authority, in terms of the incitement and its inability to recognize the right for a Jewish state to exist, there, there's, a, there's an element of evil there, and the prime minister has to call them out uh, for this, and the honoring and the rewards given to terrorists. Uh, the president, I'm sorry, has to call them out for this, and I hope that we'll see action in that direction before we can even talk about any kind of progress. I, could, I, I would love nothing more than uh, peace with the Palestinians. Palestinians. I have a son now in the Israeli army. It's even more personal. Uh, you feel it. Of course, we want an end to the conflict, but there have to be tangible steps on the Palestinian side. That will be the question. What comes out of his meeting with the, you know, if he comes out and all of a sudden there's all kinds of pressures on Israel, things can really begin to unravel here. If it comes out with there was real pressure for change in the Palestinian Authority and the rhetoric and the policies, then we might be on the right track towards something. So, what would you want to have happen given that? Talk is talk. What would you want on a substantive level for him to demand from the Palestinians? Three things. One is a change in the education in terms of the incitement. The textbooks are clear. The Palestinian television is clear in terms of how it incites children towards violence. That's part one. Part two is no longer paying the families or the terrorists themselves, families of terrorists or terrorists themselves. And number three, no more honoring of terrorists and and, and taking away the public squares that honor murderers and schools that are named after them and soccer tournaments. Those are three tangible steps, which I don't understand how anyone can expect us to make progress on the Palestinian issue if, if there's not tangible action on those areas. And hopefully that'll happen. I, 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 I don't think you can expect 
all that to happen, but that has to be the, uh, in one day, but that has to be the process that started. And it can't be, okay, I met with President Abbas, now Israel, it's time for you to start doing something uh, towards peace. If that happens, then all the pomp and circumstance and all the smiles from the first day of the trip get wiped away very quickly, and Israel spirals into, I'm not sure, what kind of a political situation and general situation. If the former happens in terms of Palestinian pressure on the Palestinians, then I think we, we are moving in the right direction. I'm Scott Kahn with Rabbi Dov Lippmann. You've been listening to Knesset Corner.